Whoa, hey, oh, hey. How's it going there? Whoa, what are you guys doing? How's your day going? Yeah, this is your old buddy. This is Corey Lovin, right? And uh, this is a podcast called Tangents, right? If you're looking for tangents, you're in the right place. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a graphic design and illustration podcast, man, uh, where I have little chats, little conversations with my design buddies living in Minneapolis and St. Paul here. Uh, this is my little monologue in the beginning where I kind of give a little introduction to the show, you know, uh, tell you guys how my day's going or whatever, all, all that shit, you know, that's exciting, but, uh, I don't know, I, I'm gonna skip some of that, can we just skip this, can we skip the hors d'oeuvres, you guys, and just go right to the meat and potatoes, can we do that, just for once, can we do that, that, we're, alright man, we're gonna, get ready, this is a very exciting episode, uh, well they all are, I love all these these chats, man. I learned so much from them, right? Just talking to my friends and and uh and I think you guys will learn shit too, you know? It's uh it's entertaining, but it's also uh you know, learning. Learning shit. Who doesn't love that? Okay. Our guest on the show today is our our old buddy, our new buddy, actually, uh Meg Lewis. Meg Lewis of Ghostly Ferns, alright? Uh, she used to, uh, live in New York for a while, and then she moved back, moved back to Minneapolis here. So, I had to chat with her, man, and, uh, you know, we talk about New York, and ghostly ferns, and lemonade, and her old buddy Brad Evans, and iconography, uh, a little bit of the fashion industry in there, uh, some happy companies, UX and UI design, and studio mates, and... And even late fees and shit and uh, I'm already saying too much man so let's uh let's go to the studio Meg Lewis. Woo! This is the first time we've ever met, man. This is definitely the first time we've and, ever met. You, you know, I'm, this is a really exciting occasion because you're the first. You know, you're the first girl on the show. I sure am. But you're just. But I just wanted you on the show because I love <laughs> your work and stuff. And like, I well, this is the first time we've even met, which is funny. You just came to the studio. Little record room here, which is just my apartment, right? I've you know? heard about all of the artists who have recorded here in the past, and I'm blown away. Really? Oh, yes. Man. Well, there's some good. There's some friends. There's some <laughs> friends. Actually, with Alex, I went. That was a house call, so we recorded at his place. So we can record anywhere, but you know that's why I just kind of plug it into my laptop mm-hmm. here. So it just needs to be a relatively quiet room. I'd love to do it at like a coffee shop or bar. I think that would be more comfortable, <laughs> you know, but it's like, but it probably wouldn't, you know, you'd get like, you know, uh, Jerry, pick up your damn latte, you know, or like, I know, Jerry's Baristas everywhere. don't do that. Baristas mm-hmm. don't do that. But you know, you get it. <laughs> I'd go to that coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it here. How, how did we meet, man? I mean, this is how we first met, but... 
the, I know your husband. You sure do. Brad Evans. Mm, that is him. <laughs> and, uh, well, we for, we started, we, uh, how I met your husband, Brad, is we both uh, contract design at Blue Dot, which is a furniture, modern furniture design store, I guess, shop, you know, and they're based in Minneapolis here, but I, but they do have like a New York shop too, don't they? They like sure a, do. Yeah. They have a showroom in New York. Showroom. Yeah. It's called a showroom. <laughs> and they, I think they have one in Minneapolis here too, but their showroom in Minneapolis might just be where Brad and I worked out of. Yeah. The office. Which is like, yeah, which is like North Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. But Brad and I, your husband and I, we worked on a bunch of like uh, blue dot accessories to be sold at on, on Target. Oh, target.com yeah. right so it was like kid and adult duvet covers re- reversible duvet covers and like shower curtains and like i don't know there were some pillowcases plates and pillows and yeah. shit yeah man yeah yeah but uh okay well that's all backstory man <laughs> but it's like how did so but i remember him being like yeah my girl maybe it was girlfriend at yeah, the time was, when did you guys get married we got married when we lived here last which was also around the same time as this blue dot gig really so that was about five years ago oh man yeah so we probably got married shortly after that time i think yeah yeah but i remember him you know being like yeah my girlfriend or now now <laughs> wife meg lewis that sounds and exactly that, like his voice and, yeah <laughs> hello i'm brad evans <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> but what is so he he mentioned and he was like Mike Lewis and then I was like oh, why do I know that name and then I was like I don't, I think I was following you on Twitter or something I don't know yeah I don't know but uh, yeah but I just remember that but like where did you where did you get your start are you from Chicago I'm not so I am from Kansas City originally really and Brad and I bounced around as soon as we graduated high school we went to high school together. As soon as we graduated, we started moving around the country, and we passed through Chicago for a bit, and then we yeah. moved to Minneapolis for a bit, and passed through, and now we're back. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so much in between And then they there. died. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, how long were you in Chicago for? We were in Chicago for, I think, three years. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, three beautiful years in Chicago. And what did you, did you study? Did you where did you study for? Uh, ooh, good question. In college, Brad and I both went to L.A. to go to a fashion school of all places. Really? For college, I was a something called a visual communications major at a fashion school, which was a design major for everything fashion related that wasn't fashion design. So it was fashion styling, event planning for the fashion industry, set yeah. design. And things like that, and visual merchandising for shops. Oh, and Brad was a graphic designer major there. Okay. And that's when I realized that I do not like the fashion industry at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 what about it? It's, Why not? It's very competitive and very cutthroat. Instead really? of your fellow designers being your friends, they're always thought of as your competition and your enemy Yeah. in the fashion industry, at least in L.A., Sure. Um, so I, it's, it was very hard to make friends in that industry. And I realized very quickly that I wanted nothing to do with it. What was the school in LA? That it's you guys called FITM, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, but they had like a graphic design program. Yes, there they as sure well. did. And that's mm-hmm. what Brad did. That's took. what Brad did. That's crazy. Well, yeah. what got you into design? I mean, did you have any graphic design courses when you were there? I, I had a few courses where I learned 
basically the Adobe Creative Suite. Yeah. And school and I really enjoyed that. And we left LA and moved back to Kansas City for a hot second. And I opened an online vintage shop. And that's when I thought I had found my career. I wanted to do this. I loved going to estate sales and buying things and then turning it around and selling it for more. Yeah. Uh, and I found out that I really liked designing the online store. I liked designing all the branding for my shop so much more than the smell of vintage clothes, which started to drive me insane. <laughs> and now it? even today I can't go into a vintage shop because the smell just reminds me of those days of smelling nothing but really? nasty old clothes. <laughs> so you sold, it was specifically clothing. It was, mo- yeah, it was all clothing and accessories at the time. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yes. Feels like a lifetime ago. So that was in Chicago. But that was in Kansas City. Well, that was and in then, Kansas. yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then I realized in that process that I liked designing the shop so much more than anything else with the store that I kind of looked into it and found out that people actually design websites for a living. And I could do that for a living and design yeah. other people's websites. So then that's when I decided to go back to school and move to Chicago to go back to school for basically web design. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's where I was wondering. That was going to be my next question. It's like, how did you know, like, the coding aspects? And it's just like, yeah, you could maybe (laughs) learn some of that shit on your own. But, like, that's, like, that's another another ballpark, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. It's another side of the brain. Mm -hmm. So how long was the program at... Or, or, like, did you yeah. go to Art Institute there? Or what do they have yeah, in so Chicago? Yeah, I, so um, I had finished my major in L.A., which was a two-year program. So I had an associate's degree already. Oh, yeah. And when we moved to Chicago, I went... We went to Chicago because there's a school there called Columbia College that allows you to make up your own major. So you can kind of combine a bunch of different majors that they have and make up your own thing. And at the time, no one was teaching web development or web design as part of a graphic design major that just wasn't a thing that schools did at all back in the day wasn't that long ago yeah but it wasn't a thing you could get anywhere in the country except for at columbia college where i could mix they had an interaction and development major and then they had a graphic design major and i kind of smashed them together and convinced them to let me do it and i was think i was one of five people who had ever made up their own major before but Whoa. i made it work and do you like choose the courses at I, the time or yeah how, how, and, and you kind of like tailor it to like your own liking or what exactly so i just are? had to convince them that all of these random classes i wanted to take could make up a career That's which was rad. super easy to do i think anybody could technically do that but yeah well it worked for me it's good to know do you feel like a lot of that like helped you from already studying at fashion school and, and just kind of being through it and being yeah, older totally. and wiser at that point? You know, definitely. You kind I of find more of yourself, and it's like because if you were like right out the gate, man, like eighteen or something, exactly. you know what I mean? Out of high school, then it's like I would have no clue. I'd just be like, well, I don't know. You yeah, know? <laughs> definitely. I like computers and, <laughs> and graphic art, you know, or something like that. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, I would have def- definitely not known that at 18. Yeah. But at 20, <laughs> when I had learned a lot about life and uh, what I wanted to do for a living, yeah. it was the perfect time to go back and figure it out. How, it how old are you right now? Can I'm, I ask You can that? ask that. I'm not offended. I'm 27. Okay. Oh, really? 27. No way. Yes, 27. I mean, that's... you, you And you look it, Meg. <laughs> you look it. That's why I always tell people, I'm like... 
you look like you're 27. Yeah, you, you know, it's offensive like to tell people that they look younger than they are and also that they look older than they are, so you are on the right track. Well, <laughs> you just seem like... You just seem really wise. You seem wise and mature for your age, and you seem like a smart mm. cookie. You know what I mean? I do like cookies. Very entrepreneurial. Yeah. Am I saying it right? Yeah, I always like to say that word. <laughs> <laughs> but I, even a lot of the work that I've seen, uh, yeah, I've been, I've oh, yeah. been researching. Mm. I was doing, just soaking up all your Skillshare classes and stuff, preparing, <laughs> right, for this little conversation. Oh, yeah. And, uh... I always feel like, because I never know what questions to ask sometimes, man. I'm just like, oh, shit, maybe I should prepare an outline or something, right? I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you know, whatever. It, clients, that that's one thing I learned. Clients don't really like ever hearing that and being like, learning as I go, man. You know? even they though don't we, like that. Even though we all are, you know? Oh, yeah. But it, that's why people go to, like, surgeons, and, you know, and shit. Right. And, like, plumbers, because they're like... How many surgeries have you done? You know, and shit like that. It's just like people like experience and, and being a professional or an expert in your field. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it. That makes sense, you know. But even a lot of the surgeons ha- have, a, have to start somewhere, right? That is true. Maybe just not <laughs> tell the clients that, though. Thing. Well, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've, thought, I've struggled with shit like that, personally. Just because I like that idea. I, I like humility and shit, you know. Right. But I like that idea of just being nice. And, mm-hmm. and that's a good segue and transition into like a lot of the work that you do, Meg. As I've noticed, like it seems like you're really into like uh, just working with nice clients, just happy people. You call them yes. happy, happy client, happy yes. companies, happy companies. Okay, how did this? How did this uh, articulation of these words? How did where that originate? Oh, very good question. Uh, yeah. I was. Freelancing for many, for a handful of years with unhappy clients and unhappy companies and people that just didn't like their job. I was working for people that didn't like the company that they worked for. Yeah. And it showed in my communications with them and they were unhappy people for that reason. And therefore they were unhappy to work with. Yeah. And it was hard to work with them. And, you know, I just needed money. So for years I was freelancing, just trying to make some money and would take on whatever work I could get and ended up in a lot of relationships where the people weren't happy. I certainly wasn't happy to be working with them. Yeah. And I do not have a backbone. I'm a huge pushover. So these people would, oh, I'll just do anything anybody asks me to do. Oh, okay. Because I generally, I don't mind. Yeah. And so people just ended up pushing me around. These people that are unhappy would just get me to do whatever they wanted me to do and i was just doing it sure and for like not a higher like or like oh yeah oh, i could do this but usually you know oh yeah like, i would just throw in a bunch of things whatever. for them and not charge yeah. them any extra sure and so i realized midwestern yeah very midwestern oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i was working on the east coast so i had east coasters telling me what to do with my midwestern personality so this was in new york yeah this was once i moved to new york is when i really started freelancing a lot yeah um and so I kind of realized that the work I wanted to be making was very friendly and very personable and very fun. Yeah. And that was sort of the style I was known for, but I was getting hired by these companies that liked my style, but then they would turn it into this unhappy thing. And then I was making things that were really boring and sad. Yeah. And so I realized one day 
that I deserve to be happy and I deserve to be doing the kind of work that I want to be doing. And so I figured, you know, if I tell the world that I'm only designing for happy companies and for people who are working for companies that are trying to make the world a healthier or a happier place and they want to create really positive environments for their users or for their audience, that these companies would love to hire me because I have that kind of style and that's really the aesthetic that I like to design in. Right. And so that made a lot of sense to me. You know, I offer this specific style. These companies want to put my style into the world to make their users happier. Sure. So then I decided to say from now on, I'm only working for a very specific kind of company. Yeah. And those companies generally just have the same values that I have. Right. And so it creates a really good positive relationship and so now i don't have any of those crappy unhappy clients anymore that's great it is really great that's amazing Meg. like what who do you feel a lot of the clients and companies that come to you like what is a lot of the work that you do for them yeah a lot of the work that i do for them is i find that it's a lot of startups we i think we're in a glorious time right now where startups need to seem like they love their users and their customers and yeah. And they, a lot of them really genuinely do. And that's why they've started their company is to m- make people's lives easier and happier. Sure. And so these companies typically value clean design that uses a lot of illustration. It uses a lot of color and it uses typography well just to make sort of an environment that feels really positive yeah. for their users. And it goes a long way because it makes their customers really value and kind of have a good relationship with their brand too sure rather than a boring clinical website where people just go there to complete a task and then they leave (laughs) for sure no yeah i mean i yeah dovetailing off that i think i used that term in the last podcast episode (laughs) dovetailing dovetailing that's a term (laughs) just dovetailing here dovetail it it's just like a (laughs) it's a transition or a segue oh shit meg now i forgot where i was going with that (laughs) we can talk about doves <laughs> we could talk. I don't know much about that. Let me see what <laughs> questions I got here, Meg. Let me see. So, I mean, a lot of the work that I've seen you do, it seems like you have a lot of logos. You do a lot of icon work. I sure do. A lot of icon sets. And 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 then into like responsive design and like web app stuff like that yep what's kind of your favorite projects is it a combination of yeah all of that? i think when i first started designing i was doing mostly e-commerce sites and then i moved to new york and started working with startups as one does in new york yeah and became more of a ui designer inadvertently just by working at startups yeah. and then as i was working as a ui designer for quite a while i realized with startups, they can't really afford to hire a UX designer most of the time. So I was ended up kind of falling into a UX role with a lot of them. Hmm. And I realized, hey, I'm a pretty good UX designer now. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I was doing UI and UX for, for a few years and then realized one day when I looked at my portfolio that my portfolio was full of brand design sure. and illustration. And then I realized, oh, when did I become a brand designer? Yeah. And But I really enjoyed it. So I started doing more brand design. Yeah. And then... As I was doing more brand design, I started doing a little bit more brand strategy and realized I really liked that and sort of really loved brand strategist as a role. So I was kind of doing that for a while. And today, yeah. I like change so much that I love having a project that's product design one day and then the next day I'm working on brand design and I kind of like to hop around. Yeah. And I think that for me, I don't think I ever want to be a specialist designer. 
I sure. think I, I sort of am in the fact that I'm a specialist designer that only works for a certain kind of company, but I kind of like just being able to provide those companies with any type of design. Sure. I'll do it all. Yeah. Well, it's good to, I, it's, I think specializing is good. If for me, if for me it is, mm-hmm. I guess to a certain extent. I tend to do a lot of logos and identity work, but it's usually just like the marks and shit for like freelance clients and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's pros and cons to each, you know? But it's nice to be able to, it's nice for a client to be like, I'll make the gal for your your UX, UI <laughs> need. What is, what is UI, user interface and user experience? Correct. So what do you do for a lot of the, I don't know, projects like that? Is it a lot of just front end, just like the actual designing of like the yes. sites and apps? So with UX, that usually comes before UI, and I don't often get hired for UX, but really? I do enjoy it. UX is more thinking through the problem and making sure that the flow of the actual product or app or website makes sense. So that's less yeah. visual and more of just saying, here are the wireframes, here's what it's going to look like taking somebody from point A to point B, and here are all the potential problems they might face during the process. Sure. Uh, and then once that's figured out, which hopefully all companies have that figured out before they hire a UI designer. <laughs> really? Um, but after that is UI design, which is strictly visual and making everything look beautiful. Oh, okay. I didn't really realize that. Okay, so, yeah. you, so user experience is just kind of like... And, and how do you go about like creating that? Is it just a lot of wireframes and shit and laying like layout? Shit? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest part is Navigation. doing your research at the beginning. So yeah. with UX is you have to know what you're dealing with. You have to know the mind of the person that's actually going to be using the thing. Yeah. Because um, a lot of times people want to just assume that their brain is like everyone else's brain. So if it makes sense to them, it'll make sense to everyone. Sure. So the most important part of UX design is the research at the beginning to f- do interviews with people that are actually going to be using the thing yeah. and to make sure that you really get into their mind before you actually start figuring out how the product works. Okay. Oh, it's riveting. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's good. It's just like, I, I don't really, I, I'm not a big interactive person, mm, but it's mm-hmm. all like those lines are blurring, you know, and they always they sure are, are, you know, just like print design and interactive, like back in the day, like that separation is just like, even though maybe some people would call me, oh, have you met my friend Corey Loveman, the illustrator? Some people always say that, but but they'll call me like a print designer, but it's just like, well, all, all my shit lives online. You know, most yeah. of it does, you know, most it's of true. it, that's like where it'll live, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not really printing out many business cards. In fact, I still don't have any. I used to cut them by hand and shit <laughs> and print them out, you know, on like French paper and stuff. And then like, it just took too. It took forever, and then I was like, "Ah, whatever." But I love business cards. Oh, I know. One of my favorite projects of yours. Okay, <laughs> Ghostly Ferns business cards. We do have some business cards. Those Where'd exist. You, how did you get those printed? Where'd you go? Those were printed by a company called Mama Sauce oh, in yeah. Florida. I've heard of them. Mm, they're amazing. I didn't know they were in Florida. They sure are. That's crazy. Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. They're in Orlando. Yeah. I'll have to look into finding one of your business cards. Transition. <laughs> I wish we had like a. You had a fucking audio yeah, you like need a, a soundboard. Board. You know, I can add the audio later. We can just use our voices, I guess. <laughs> Ghostly ferns. This is like one of. Well, how did that? How did it even start? And where'd the name come from? Ooh. Okay. 
So we started talking about the vintage shop earlier. It all started there, actually, oddly enough. Back in Kansas. Yes. So I was, when I was running that shop, I had to come up with a name for every single thing that I sold. And I was selling hundreds of products. Yeah. And it was so hard to just think off the top of my head of a name for every single product. Yeah. And my favorite thing I ever sold (laughs) was a dress that I called the Ghostly Ferns dress because it was an old vintage dress. And it had all these faded ferns on it as a really? pattern. And so I shut that down to open up my sort of freelance graphic design business mm-hmm. and needed to come up with another name. And at the time, I was like, yeah, if I come up with a name that's not just Mag Lewis graphic design, yeah, it'll right. make me seem like a company and I'll seem legit. Right, so, man. Uh, <laughs> so I called myself Ghostly Ferns. And that's when yeah. it was just me by myself being a designer. And then, you know, Brad, my husband, was also a graphic designer, and he was sort of just out of school and struggling to figure out what his place in the world was, like most graphic designers when they graduate school. Yeah. And so he was, you know, working in the stock room at a grocery store and working at a Nordstrom being a no shoe way. stock person. Oh, man. And definitely unhappy not doing graphic design, yeah. figuring it out. And I said, hey, look, I'm freelancing. Why don't you just join me and start freelancing too? We could both be ghostly ferns together. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what we did. That was still back in Kansas? That was, no, that was in Chicago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was by the time we moved to Chicago when I was going back to school is when we started doing that. And then we wrapped up in Chicago and moved here and we were still freelancing together. Yeah. As ghostly ferns when we lived in Minneapolis. And then when we moved to New York is when we started meeting a lot of other people. We joined a shared studio space called Studio Mates in yeah, New York. And totally. we became best friends with all the other people that worked there. How many people worked at Studio Mates? Hmm, I think it may How have many, been. Like, were there? Is it? Was it all like freelance style? Yeah, kind most, of similar almost to all freelancers. Yeah. To Ghostly so, Ferns with mm-hmm. you guys. So I think there were maybe around twenty-five people at the time. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, it was just a bunch of freelancers working by themselves, and yeah. we became best friends with each of them, and just so close with all of them and we ended up collaborating with a lot of them just for fun on personal projects and things like that yeah and as you do when your friends are other creative inspiring people and uh eventually it just kind of naturally happened when another person joined ghostly ferns and then another person joined ghostly ferns and we were all really just friends first and then we sort of decided why don't you join our group and let's make this official how did they ask you are they like Megan, Brad, I want to be in the Ghostly Ferns Club. It, they say something mm, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't remember. They didn't actually, phrase it like that. I think, but you know, did a lot of the people like yeah, Jen Musari? Am yes. I saying it right? Yeah. And uh, Laura. Yep. Be, uh, we don't need to say their last name. No, we don't. I know Corey. <laughs> I know Corey X Corn. Yeah. He's he used to he used to live in Minneapolis. Yeah, here. he did. And I remember seeing him a bunch. And then I visited Ghostly Furniture Guy's website like I don't know, it was like a month ago or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that guy looks familiar, man. And he has the same name as me too. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And then that I was guy. like, I think this guy used to live in Minneapolis. Yeah, man. he did. He's from Minneapolis. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, they all sort of joined many months apart from one one another, and it was sort of like. We would whisper amongst ourselves and be like, we love Jen. We want Jen to join our group. 
And then eventually we'd ask Jen if she'd be interested, and Jen was like, of course. Was and Jen at Studio Mates at the she time? She sure was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. crazy, man. It just seems like a really cool... I just like that idea a lot of this group of collective of freelancers, you know? The, and it's it's a perfect arrangement, and there's people ask us a lot like it can't be that great like what's what are the actual problems and there really aren't any problems it's yeah it's perfect mostly because we're all best friends yeah and we really trust each other and we love each other and we care that we're happy and that we're doing a successful job and that we're doing well and so it's less of a business arrangement that way so we're not we're not joining ghostly ferns to make a profit off of ghostly ferns ghostly ferns has never made any money as a company, and it may never will. Yeah. But that's not why we're in the group. We're in the group because it's a place where we can be friends and we can work together as often as possible on projects, and it's really fun working on projects with your friends and making cash at the same time. Oh, yeah. How does it structure? I mean, well, I think that's one of the good things about, one of the many good things about your guys' group, troop, collective, Mm -hmm. company, of family of freelancers let me just try and say more synonyms here no 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 no. (laughs) but like it's just like you all specialize in kind of different areas you know we sure do right so you're kind of like the designer or whatever Mm -hmm. and like web but like icon stuff too laura does a lot of more illustrative illustration based work brad what is brad he's a brad does mostly product design so he's like our our go-to ux and ui person for the most part what is product design? Is product is is that mostly like <laughs> yeah? So product design, like... product the the line between UI UX and product design is very fuzzy. Okay. Um, a product designer is usually someone who can handle all of those things, UX and UI design. Um, okay. But they're working usually for startups or a company that has like a an interactive product. Oh. So a thing that exists like an app or like a, a user interface online yeah. that's pretty beefy and a product designer is in charge of deciding all of the visual and the experience things and solving all those problems within the product. Okay. And that's right, me. Okay, good to know. The <laughs> yeah. more you know. Okay. Exactly. And then Jen is our hand lettering artist yeah. and then Corey is our developer. That's crazy, man. Well, that, that, yeah, I think that's one of the nice things about it. Do you guys feel like you pass off projects at times to whoever is best suited? We or sure if do. Or too yeah. busy or not busy enough? Yeah. Like, so how, how does that work? We Clients come to us in a number of ways. It'll yeah. either be that a client knows that they love Jen's work and they want to work with Jen. So they'll contact Jen directly. Sure. Or a client will contact Ghostly Ferns as a company and, hey, and say, hey, here's what I need done. I don't know who to work with. And then we kind of divvy out the project from there. Or a company contacts Ghostly Ferns and they say, hey, we want to work with all of you on this huge, amazing thing. Dude, yeah. And then it, what happens a lot is that they contact the individual person they want to work with and that person's busy or they're full of work and they can't handle the project and so that's when we reach out to all of our other freelancer friends and we say hey we can't take this on 
Does anybody want it? That's and great. That's what I do with everything that I can't take on. And yeah. I, that's how I get a lot of work, too, is other people passing me the stuff they can't yeah. take on. Yeah, totally. This is exactly why the design industry is so much better than the fashion industry. <laughs> how would? What are the separations between fashion? I mean, maybe is, do you feel like it's? It, you said it is more cutthroat. Yeah, than they're just. And it seems like people just are trying to get on top. So yeah, you know, they want to be the best possible designer out there, and so sure. it's it, they're not. They would never pass off work to another designer because then that would be bringing the other designer up. And so in our industry, it seems so much more like everyone's a specialist in their own way. And yeah. everybody generally deserves to be happy and do, should have their own thing going. And so if I have a project that's like an underwater knitting company, I'll forward them on to the designer that I know that their dream project would be for an underwater knitting company. <laughs> do, do you know someone that does that? No. <laughs> okay, okay. That was a good example. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know that person. <laughs> All right, that's great, man. Well, how long were you guys in New York? We were in New York for um, I, I le- four I and guess a half you years. And Brad, yeah, Brad and, and I were years? there for. Yep. Man. Yeah, it's the longest we've ever lived anywhere in our. What adult was your lives. favorite? What you know? I, that's such a convoluted question. Like, what are my, one of the many things that you loved about New York? And why did you Ooh. move there? These are a bunch of questions. Okay. <laughs> Let's slow down, Corey. Okay. Okay. I don't know. What what drew you from Minneapolis to New York City? Yes. So four we, and a half years ago. We moved to New York because I was working while I was living in Minneapolis, I had this long term client in New York that was flying me out to oh. New York one week out of every month. So I was oh, in Minneapolis three weeks a month and then in New York for a week. That's cool. And it was really great. And very exciting, but I was feeling like I was living two places at once because I was just constantly going back and forth. Yeah. And I started to get to know a lot of people in New York and got a lot of friends in the process and just decided, why not live in New York? We've Mm -hmm. lived in every other major cities. Let's give it a try. Yeah. And so that's what got us to New York in the first place. And also the company paid us to move there, which is pretty cool. Dang. Um, but they shut down, I think, a month after we moved oh, there. Oh, no. <laughs> which is fine because it just opened the doors to being able to freelance again for a lot of other clients. Was um, that a heavy situation for you, though? It certainly was, uh, it, which I learned it was only the first of many startups that I would work for that would have to shut down. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's startup life. Do you know who Mike Montero is? Sure. Yeah. I, I got two of his books recently mm-hmm. called uh, Design is a Job. Great fucking book. And then, like, the other one he says, uh, you're my favorite client. But I think I watched, like, an interview once, and he was just talking about how, uh, or it might have been in the book, where he was talking about, like, startups. And then he was like, make sure you get the money, <laughs> like, <laughs> up front. Because sometimes sure. they don't really have, you know, it's like, we'll give you equity in the company or stocks oh, yeah. and bonds and shit. They all it's try like, to do I that. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So it's like. How do how do you go about like financially like just being smart and securing about that knowing that like startups that kind of atmosphere you know I have been extremely lucky in that no one's ever done that to me no one's ever not paid me which is great I feel very yeah. fortunate no that's good <laughs> um, but startups definitely do that thing where they email you and they're like we love your work but we don't have any money so maybe you do this for free or we'll yeah. give you equity in the company and. And we're going to be great, I promise. And I just, you know, I don't work for companies that do that. Yeah. Um, because I need to pay my rent. So, well, right. well, yeah, we all <laughs> so I always say, you know, 
here's my contract and pay me up front, at least for part of it. And right. then, um, and then at the end, you know, when there's a contract in place, that's terrifying for anyone. So I always just mm-hmm. make sure that I hold to the contract and I keep emailing them every time they're getting charged more for a late fee and emailing them to remind them of a late fee as well as scaring them with saying there's a late fee is enough incentive for them That's to pay. That's pretty smart. I have had a lot of clients that take a long time to pay, but as soon yeah. as I keep slapping on that fee more right. and more and more, right. uh, they always pay. <laughs> How, yeah, that's really smart to put in a fee. Especially. Yeah, I, I have a weekly a weekly fee. So when they're yeah. X amount of weeks late, then the fee kicks in. Yeah. And I always warn them ahead of time that the right. fee is coming so they can avoid the fee altogether. Totally. And then as the fee keeps getting added on week by week, then I keep telling them. And that way, you know, they're aware of the process and what's going on the whole time and they're not surprised. Sure. So when <laughs> that was such a long <laughs> awkward pause, I try and keep. I, I feel like great. I feel like the older that I get, make the more long awkward pauses I have. You know what I mean? They're the best. I love, I love anything awkward. People usually like talk too fast, anyways, and and think too fast or whatever. So I feel like it's kind of nice to just be like, hey. Let's take a moment, just chill out, you know, listen to yourself swallow or whatever, salivate, you know, or heavy breather if you are, I don't know. But like, you know, anyways. Okay, so we, yeah, we were talking about like New York and shit. Like what? Yes. Yeah. I, I, what were some of your favorite parts about uh, it? I think everything I love most about New York is all the people. Yeah. The people, the design community in New York is extremely close. It's crazy. Really? Everyone is friends with each other. Yeah. And uh, they're all friends with each other's friends. And yeah. it's like a giant group of friends all the time, everywhere. Sure. And it's really great. And everyone lived really close to me. And all of my friends were friends with each other. So yeah. um, every time we would go out, it would just be a huge group of us. And it happened almost every day. Oh, man. And I also worked in... The Ghostly Ferns office is located in a residential townhouse that's full of our other friends nobody lives there but it's a bunch of desks in all of the bedrooms really yeah and uh so all of our friends also work in the space with us how would you guys find that place so we were hanging out as studio mates and then we got evicted out of our space that we were in in brooklyn because it was getting turned into condos oh shit (laughs) as what happens in new york um yeah so we got evicted from oh yeah we got That's evicted crazy, from that man. space, and then yeah. we found a new space, which was a townhouse. Yeah. And so we all, all of us freelancers from Studio Mates, at least, went over there and started hanging out together in a townhouse. So it was Studio Mates that, like, and, yes. and Tina, is it Tina? Is she the one that kind of, is yeah, she yeah. The, so, um, the Wrangler? Tina uh. and uh, the folks that run a company called Workshop, which are um, Jesse Arrington and Creighton Mershon. Um, okay. They all owned or ran Studio Mates. Um, yeah. So Studio Mates was always two rooms, which a lot of people don't know. There was oh. a room, um, because they outgrew one room, so they had to s- transition into a separate room down the hall. Okay. Um, so Tina owned and ran one of the rooms, and then Jesse and Creighton and the workshop folks ran the other room. 
And Tina kind of needed more and more space for her own businesses, Tatley and Creative Mornings. Right. And so she kind of took over a room and had a handful of freelancers in there with her. But then uh, I, the Ghostly Ferns crew, and every uh, a lot of other freelancers were in the other room. And so when we got evicted, Tina and her companies went to a separate space from most of us freelancers. And sure. she was able to take a few freelancers with her too, which is really cool. Um so she is now in a separate sh- sort of shared space from the townhouse folks. Okay. Um, but we're all still pretty close in proximity, which is pretty fun. Yeah. And I keep saying we, even though I'm not there anymore, which is so sad. Well, that was, yeah. I mean, g- going along with that, like, what what drew you and Brad to come back here? Ah. Uh, and still be able to keep running. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still, you're, you guys are still a part of Ghostly Friends, sure right? Are. And, yeah. like, Jen and Corey and Laura... Oh, yeah. They're, so they're still in, in Brooklyn? Yeah. Was that where it was? Brooklyn? Yep. So they're all, right. all still in Brooklyn in our in our townhouse office, which is cool because that still exists. Yeah. Um, our Ghostly Ferns arrangement is staying 100% the same. So nothing's really changing except right. that Brad and I aren't in the same room as yeah. our best friends anymore, which sucks. I, uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Because that's the thing. You guys feel like a... You feel like a family. It feels like a family. Yeah. I mean, like... You know, I don't really know you guys, but I mean, like, what well, we do now, now we're buddies, right? But like, you know, at, I don't know, just following all everyone, all the, all those ghost, ghostly fern characters and our buddies online. Uh, it just feels like a cool kind of group, you know? Yeah, that's what happens. Creative family. That's what happens in New York. Is no one's family is actually in New York, or most of the people are transplants, really? and so you, everyone's kind of forced to create their own family of sorts of people that sure. that they spend holidays with and all special occasions and anything important you really spend with your New York family. Yeah. And it got to the point where it was really great being with our friends every day and spending, I was spending Christmas there every year and Thanksgiving with yeah. all my friends and it was so great yeah. to have this nice actual family. And so it made Hell a yeah. lot of sense to call ourselves a creative family because that's really what we were yeah. and still are. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but Brad and I, we sort of absorbed the energy in New York a little too much. Our friends and everything was such a paradise, but just walking on the streets and getting harassed by people Uh, every day and just witnessing things. And you, I, both of us are introverts, so we were never able to just have like moments for ourselves without people. Just everywhere you go, there's just people, which is totally great. And I think it worked for a few years for us, but then one day I th- we both woke up and just couldn't take it anymore. Sure. And so since we've moved around so much, we had to think, do we move on to the next city on our list or do we just go back to a place that feels really special to us? And yeah. Minneapolis, we don't really have too much family here. We don't really have that many friends here, but yeah. we love the city so much. And we like, I think the values of the city fit our values as people so much more than any other city we've lived in. Sure. And it feels like a really great place to finally get invested in a community. Yeah. And to actually start caring a little bit more about our neighbors and the other people that live here. Totally. And it just felt like time to have a little bit more space and just a quieter life, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, there's that's got to be a wild transition going mm-hmm. from New York City to like I'm disclaimer meg i've never been in new york can i say that sometimes people it's like friends ask me they'll be like 
It'll be like, have you been to another country? And then I'll be like, yeah, I've been to Canada. You know, and then it's like, and then the, and then everyone's like, that doesn't count. And it's like, what's a fucking other country, man? What do you what do you want from me, man? You know, but it's like, but I've traveled around the entire U.S., but it's like, yeah, I haven't really been to like tons of other places, mm-hmm. but I, I, I've been to some of the East Coast, but it more like South and shit, which sure. is, embar- why would I go South? It was like, I was young, you know, we were in a minivan driving to Florida, yeah. right? So, oh, everyone should you know. spend at least one minivan trip to Florida, I think. It took like 30 hours. Oh yeah, man. I've been there. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you, were you in a minivan? I drove, when I was a kid, we drove in a minivan from Texas to Florida once and it was like the really? longest trip of my life, I remember. <laughs> Do you have siblings? Do you have like a, yeah. a big family or no? No, or? not the biggest family. I have yeah. a brother and a, I have a half brother and a regular sister. Okay. Yep. All right. Where are they? Are they... Yeah. So that's the reason actually why we moved to Minneapolis in the first place is really? my half brother lives here. Oh, no And shit. I grew up not really knowing my half brother very much. Yeah. And But I always thought he was the coolest person ever. Okay. And... I looked up to him so much. And so when we were leaving Chicago trying to figure out where to move next, we thought, let's give Minneapolis a try. It seems really great. And it'll give us a chance to get to know my brother. And he has a wife and kids. And we can get oh, to know man. our nieces and nephews. And yeah, uh, so that's why we ended up here in the first place was just to take this weird adventure and try to get to know my family a little bit more. Totally. Condé Nast site. Yes. I think that I think that's one of those projects of yours. That it w- was it a group project where there was a lot of people that did different. It things seems with like it? it would be because it's a website for Condé Nast, which is a a hefty thing. What is Condé Nast? So what are they are they ah, are yes. they magazines? Yes, they right? are. Okay. So Condé Nast is a publications group that has yeah. I don't even know. I this is probably incorrect, but like forty magazines or something. They do all the big yeah. ones like Vogue and GQ and like sure. Golf Digest and all of these all a bunch of different fashion and lifestyle oh, magazines. Yeah, yeah. Um and Condé Nast is the company that owns all of those magazines. So it's Okay. It's a big deal. And I worked with them for who I think two and a half years when I was working in New York. Not full time, but really? they were my biggest freelance client. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, and I was working for their digital arm, so I was working for Condé Nast Digital. What is digital arm? That's yeah. just like their digital like uh, yeah. So it's services? the it's digital uh, for anything Condé Nast. So okay. when you're talking about the magazine industry, digital is super important right now because they had to figure out sure. how to take all these magazines and put them online and make sure that the content is really good and fresh. And so I worked yeah, yeah I worked for the digital department, and I was creating a content management system for all CMS. of their yes a cms for all of their brands so all of their magazines and when i first started working for them anyone who worked for their magazines anytime they would publish anything online so like if a writer on vogue.com wants to publish an article they would all have this really sad antiquated system of passing google docs back and forth to each other to edit and to like actually create this these posts and these articles online. And so I was working with a team at Condé Nast and I was designing the CMS for all of the people and all of their brands to actually publish the content online. So it's like, basically I was designing WordPress (laughs) for people that worked at Condé Nast. Yeah. And it was a huge project and I hardly made a dent in it after two years. And so by the end of the two years, I was, 
Like, you guys just have to hire a full-time designer because this is taking forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I made sure that they hired a designer and they got and a designer. They did. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, but, you, well, you did a project for, I don't remember, it was just a Condé Nast site. Mm-hmm. It's, it's on your website, I think. Yep. And it's just like they're moving offices from, like, New York to... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. to austin i believe yes and there's just like a parallax mm-hmm. kind of like site but there's like cool little animations to it and stuff like that yep were there a lot was a lot of the site work that you worked on with them and the cms was it as elaborate as that or or not so much uh the cms itself was extremely bare bones i think really? uh not very elaborate because Anytime you add anything that is fancy or moving or animated onto a CMS or something where somebody's just trying to go and get something done, yeah, they get super annoyed. Really? So we would always try to add like little animations or something to the CMS site and yeah. the, the writers for the magazines were like, why is this here? <laughs> so the, the CMS site itself was pretty pretty boring but mm. that's how they all wanted it just the content oh, and yeah. did you like code all of that or the, that's like a wordpress yeah no stuff? i didn't i didn't code any of that um the Condé Nast digital department is a department full of of developers basically oh, okay. and they didn't have a designer so i was basically their designer and oh, then i sweet. yeah i handed all my designs off to an army of developers would you go to their like new york do they have new york offices they sure do have New York offices. So would you go there or were, yeah. would you just kind of freelance at a studio mates? So what I did is... Or, or ghostly friends. I freelanced from my own office every day and then I went to their office one day a week for a meeting. And at the meeting okay. I would present everything I did that week and then yeah. they would give me more stuff to do the next week. It was a really great relationship and Shoot. I went over there every single week. That sounds like a lot of like, <laughs> at least like... Uh, consistent work, which oh, I think would be amazing, which is which is what a freelancer wants. Yes, you know, it's, it's a dream project for a freelancer to just Hell have yeah. a company that's there for two years that Hell just yeah. constantly is giving them new work. Of course, it was great. Wow, man! Oh, All yeah. right, okay. There's another cool project that I love that you worked on called Daily Lemonade. Oh yes, I think it has a lot of like the charm. In way, I mean, I, there's a lot of playfulness in the work that you do, mm-hmm. and, and I appreciate that because I feel like I have a lot of like I, I like a lot of that shit too, just like bright, saturated, burning retinas, you know, <laughs> color and stuff. But it's just like, but there's like a playfulness to like your, your graphic icons and stuff, you know, sure, little squigglies, <laughs> like a little, little, little vector art or lines or something like that. Yeah, uh, I don't know how you make them, but like you know, stuff like that. But it. it Daily Lemonade, is that a newer project? or? Yeah, so Daily Lemonade is important to me for many reasons. I have a general purpose for living that I like to live by, which is all I want to do is make the world a little bit of a happier place Yeah. when I leave it. Hell and yeah. in doing so, I make sure that I give a certain portion of my work away for free. And sure. I think that's kind of a hot topic issue in our industry because you're not supposed to give your work away for free. Um, But I like to do it when there are organizations or people that I love that otherwise can't really afford to hire a designer or they have wonderful things that that make the world a better place that they want to make and they can't get the right design. Um, So Daily Lemonade is a great example of that because one of my good friends, Anthony, who started Daily Lemonade, 
he has a similar purpose to me to where he just wants to make the world happier. And he realized that there aren't any news organizations that just show positive news. Unless they're like the super clickbaity type of news organizations that everyone hates, the super spammy ones. Yeah. And so he created (laughs) Daily Lemonade as this place where all there is is positive news. And he doesn't want clickbait. He doesn't want to even make any money. He just wants it to be a place where you can read positive news. Yeah. And, of course, he asked me to work on it. And I was like, of course, this is my dream project. So... I just helped him out for free and worked on the brand for the for Daily Lemonade and worked on the web experience. And I'm so it's by by far my favorite project where I was just having fun the whole time. Yeah. And I could care less if I made any money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Cuz it didn't matter. Well, even looking at it, I can like tell that, you know. I think that's really interesting. I, that's what yeah. we, we love and want as designers to kind exactly. of put yourself into the work and like you could tell that it was like fun, you know. Absolutely. Not just aside, aside aesthetically, from the fact of it just being like a makes me want to eat lemon head candy, you know. <laughs> Every time I look at it, but I was like, oh, I like these little, little chunky little rounded line icons <laughs> here and stuff like that. Is that is the site Daily Lemonade? Is that live currently? It's or? not yet. He uh, still developing it. Um, yeah. They, he has so right now it exists as a Facebook and a Twitter account, which sure. is really great. I think. That kind of news works really well as face as a Facebook page that people can actually just share the articles. Sure. So he's like living and loving it right now on Facebook and Twitter, which I follow both of them and it's so great. Um, so it doesn't really need to exist as a website, but I think it'll be all the better once it's actually a website where you can go to. But Hell it should yeah. be live soon. Yeah. Generate conference. Yes. I was just there. This just happened recently? Yeah, it just happened. Do you do a lot of, like, have you done a lot of speaking gigs and shit? I started speaking uh, late last year, so just a few months ago. And what happens with speakers is if you start speaking somewhere, all of the other little conference organizers look at all the other conferences to see who's speaking, and then they just ask all of those people to speak at their conference. Like a snowball. Oh, my goodness, Well, but you're a great person. (laughs) Well, they don't know that, though. They... You're a great person, Meg, and you I feel like your mom or something. I'm like, my mom was out. She, my mom, when I was talking to my mom on the phone, and she was like, Corey, you're such a sweetheart. Oh, that's so sweet. I think you'll find somebody soon. You know, or like, oh. I don't, she just wants me to be happy. Oh, and stuff. I know, I know, I know. But she was like, you're such a sweetheart, just like Grandpa Melvin. Oh, Melvin. Uh, great name, right? Yeah, yeah. Perfect yeah. grandpa name. Uh, we miss him. But, uh, you know. That was her dad. Mm-hmm. He was a very sentimental guy. He was kind of a sweetheart, you know, introverted, which I can be. But the, but at times, you know, if I got a cup of coffee in me, you know, I'll be like, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, or I'll just like say shit. Okay. Right. Where, where, where was it going? Where was it going? Uh, ooh, conferences. Yeah. So you, so it just kind of snowballs. Yeah, it's, it definitely snowballs. And so now I just got back from from. New York, speaking at a conference two days ago, and now I have to leave again in two days to go to another conference in Texas. What's the What's this conference? In this Texas? conference is called Squares Conference, which is a more of a tech sort of product designing conference. Okay. In In Texas. What are What did you talk about at at the generate Yeah, uh, I generate generate conference. conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like forgot the name. Uh, what What did I write down here again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. I don't have, I don't have many uh, strong opinions, yeah. like most speakers at events, 
which I think is what the the main quality you want in a speaker. So I don't have I don't I don't have much to offer, except I have a few things about life that I like to talk about. Yeah. And so I I mostly talk about the fact that I found a purpose for living my life and how I actually apply that to my work mm-hmm. with working for happy companies. Um, so kind of I I try as hard as I can to tie it into actual design. <laughs> Sure. But really, it's mostly about just being a happy person and living life. Yeah, uh, well, but that's, that's great. That's, that's all, sort of all, all I have to talk about. that's relevant to design, too. And it shit, is. You know? It's important. Yeah, man. Like when I was at, uh, after I graduated, College of Visual Arts, CVA, rest in peace. If I had a 40, I'd pour it on the ground right now. I always <laughs> tell people that. But like after that, I, I, I was working, I interned at CSA Design. And like when I was there, just great, chucking everyone and everybody shared in green and Eric and Giovanni, all right, I can't name them all. We'd always hang out, but like we'd we'd work on shit. But I found myself like a lot of the times just talking to the guys about like just like music or or, or going to mm-hmm. movies or whatever. You know, there there was like design, and we were like living and breathing design and illustration there. But like we would talk about you know other shit too. Yeah. You know, like for the most part actually, probably even more so than design. And I think that's great, man. It's all, you know. I agree. In the particular lies the universal. Since James Victoria say that. Did you ever meet James Victoria when you were out there? Did yeah, you... of course. Really? Oh yeah. Oh Definitely. man. He's he just seems like a good dude. He is a great person. And then he and the, but he moved recently. Yeah, I don't think he Texas. I haven't seen him in a few years, because he's not around anymore. Yeah. Oh, he's living. He's... <laughs> he didn't die. R.I.P. James Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start a, a great rumor now. <laughs> he's no longer with us, James. <laughs> no, no. But it, well, I, he has this, like, daily, or, like, weekly burning questions thing, where people yeah. can email uh, questions, designers, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he'll respond. But I, I always watched those when he was in, but he, he was in Brooklyn, I think, too, you mm-hmm. know, at the time. Yeah, definitely. Crazy. Oh, but, yeah. But then he, like, had a little nugget, little baby, mm-hmm. and then they moved to, like, Texas or somewhere, yeah, that's right? that's what happens. It's not always you. <laughs> you get a baby. It's like, I just found this baby. And then it's like, <laughs> now I'm in Texas. Yeah. You have to take your baby to Texas. Every <laughs> every baby needs to go to Texas. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I, what's next? What's next for, for Meg Lewis and Ghostly Ferns? Good question. Uh, ooh, okay. Things are about happening. Life? Yes. So two things are happening. Ghostly Ferns is transitioning. It's always been legally structured as me as the owner, yeah. and everyone's been hired as a contractor. Um, but public facing, we look like we're equal, and that works great for us so far because no one wants to be employed by a company. We all like to be freelancers. Sure. And also, I don't want to have employees. I just right. want to be a freelancer. I don't have to be somebody's boss. So yeah. our legal arrangement so far has been really great. Yeah. But we're transitioning now into becoming a multi-member LLC so okay. that we can all finally be equal and sort of write how, out our own arrangement. How does it work with multi Yeah, so it just means that we are all owners of the company. Okay equally and we sort of write out an agreement that says here's what we do with money here's all the rules and blah 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 okay and we're such a flexible group and we like things to be very loosely arranged and with a multi multi member llc it can be loosely arranged we can kind of just arrange it however we please sure so that's happening and inadvertently it's ghostly ferns is becoming less of a place where it's all about me which is really great 
because for a long time it was sort of my business and it was a direct reflection of my personality and myself. And now it's a direct reflection of five people, which is really great. Um, But at the same time, I don't really have a place that's a sanctuary for myself anymore. So now I'm working on creating a new website for myself where it's a place where I can just be me and not really have to worry about what anyone thinks about me. And I'm going to be selling products and making new content and uh, housing all of my work there. And it's pretty exciting. Is that going to be separate from Ghostly Ferns? Yeah, it's going to be completely separate from Ghostly Ferns. Now, how do you separate those? I it don't seems know. like they're kind of one in the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, they are. I'm wor- I'm working on figuring that out right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darn good. Yep, that's what the website will be called. And how did you come up with that name? So I came up with a name because I have knuckle tattoos that say oh. "darn good." Oh, yeah. So the tattoos came before the social media handle. Sure. <laughs> I'm not that good of like a personal brand person to tattoo myself with my social media handle, <laughs> um, but I guess I have inadvertently. Um, "Darn good" came off of just an expression that I really like. It's "darn" is a word that people say when they're trying to be polite. Yeah. Which I think is really cute. Darn good just reminds me of like the 50s when you're like, that's a darn good cup of coffee. Right. It's just a sweet <laughs> phrase that yeah. anyone can say. Yeah. And it's also a positive phrase. Right. And it goes well in front of most nouns. So I could say <laughs> darn good underwater knitting. <laughs> yep. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good, man. Well, I think that's it, Meg. That's it. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you for having me. Thanks for thanks for being a first girl on the show. I, Finally. Yes. Finally not a sausage fest, <laughs> you know? Thank goodness. And, and a great person. A great designer. Thank you. All right. All right, we'll see you. Goodbye. Yeah, that was great, man. Love that Meg Lewis and her work. Huh? How do you guys feel about that episode? Feel relaxed and invigorated all at the same time, huh? Oh, man. Alright, guys, visit Meg Lewis's website. Her personal site is, is currently megforever.com, and her collective group site is ghostlyferns.com. There'll be links in the show notes. So you can click that, clickety-clack. Uh, guys, tangents, man. You can stream this shit on SoundCloud. And you can subscribe on iTunes under the podcast app. Just search for tangents, one word. <laughs> well, why would it be two? <laughs> Just search for tangents, man. It should be the first one that pops up. All right. Uh, theme music. Thanks, thanks again, Yasuki Satsumi from the freemusicarchive.org. Man, love that guy. Love his work. And interlude music, our our buddy Sheridan Fox, man. He's a great dude. Love his shit. Uh, his, visit his site at sheridanfox.bandcamp.com. Uh, again, links so you guys can just click them and visit their sites. 
you know they, they, they do great work and uh man it was a, it was a fun time thanks for hanging out you guys and uh well i think that's it i think that's it man we'll uh we'll see you guys down the road